Thank you for joining us on another episode of Ditch the Job. Let's do this. What is up, Ditch the Job listeners? Mark Caberti, the podcasting coach here, helping people launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts. And when it comes to ditching the job, one of the things you have to do is tap into your inner superpowers. And what exactly does that mean? That means having the mindset to power through the transition. It means having the grit, the work ethic, the determination to really put in the work that allows you to have this new career that replaces your income from the job that you ditched. So we're going to be talking a little bit about that in this episode. The guest who joins us today is a clinician, clinical psychologist, keynote speaker, CEO of Mars Industries, renowned media expert, and the host of the Daily Helping Podcast. Our guest's mission is to help people become the best versions of themselves and as a result, make the world a better place. Our guest has been featured in publications like the Huffington Post, NBC News, Glassdoor, Men's Health, Cosmopolitan, and others. Our guest who joins us for this episode of Ditch the Job is none other than Dr. Richard Schuster. Dr. Richard, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark. I think awesome introduction. Really excited to be here and let's jump into it. That sounds good. And thank you for coming on the show. And I feel like one of the things that is really important is tapping into those superpowers. As I mentioned earlier on, I know you had to do that to ditch your job. So I'm wondering if you could share with us first what your job was and what made you decide to, I got to get out of here. You know, it wasn't so much that it was, I got to get out of here in the terms of, in terms of like, I hated what I was doing and I was miserable. So I'm a clinical psychologist by trade and that, that's why I have the, the title doctor. Uh, and what my job was largely involved forensic psychology. So now that sounds really fancy, like CSI kind of stuff. Basically what that meant was that the court would ask me as an expert to make a number of determinations. And many of these were hard determinations, such as um, should somebody have their kids taken away from them? Heavy stuff, right? And uh, that's an example, but there were others. And, and so part of doing that as a clinician means that you have to use industry standard tools to make evaluative decisions. And, and so as I'm sitting there as a psychologist looking at the tools available to me, particularly in the realms of human empowerment and substance abuse, I'm realizing that many of those tools are, are subpar, if not, if I could say that they actually sucked. And there was one tool in particular, um, it was called, well, actually, I won't say what it was called, but, so I don't want to get sued, but uh, the, it was a gold standard tool in, that everybody was using in the forensic space for substance abuse. And all it really did was rubber stamp people. Yes, I'm an addict. No, I'm not. And I actually called the CEO of that company, which to this day, I'm kind of surprised they took that call and I got on the line with them. But I said, listen, I said, you know, you guys have a powerful tool, but any way that that tool could be modified and you could add additional dimensions that look at things like strengths, that look at things like resiliency, that look at factors that somebody who's in the substance abuse world could really benefit from because people who are addiction recovery, they already know they're addicts, but that doesn't help them. And I said, you know, I've got access to a clinic and students and, you know, we can pilot it for you and be happy to be part of that because it would really be helpful. And the CEO laughed me off the phone, literally wow. says, why would we do that? That's ridiculous. And so that was kind of the moment for me where I thought about the work that I was doing 
And I thought about ways that I could have an impact in society that would be different and more powerful. I was already, by the time I, I came to this conclusion, I had already launched my podcast and I was getting ready to launch my, my charity for children, Every Kid Rocks. So the seeds of this were already kind of in place. You mentioned what my mission was to help people become the best versions of themselves. That was the mission that I had already been talking about on my podcast. But then I said, well, as a psychologist, and now I've got this platform where people are listening to me in over 100 countries, how can I go beyond that and create something that can really create transformative differences in people's lives, not just in the world of substance abuse, but in human empowerment in general. And so I created Mars Industries. And Mars Industries is a company which creates world-class psychological assessment tools. And in doing so, I wanted something to be very different. I wanted to be disruptive in this space in the same way that Michael Dell was to the PC industry. So for those who are listening to this and don't know a lot about the psychological assessment world, let me tell you about it. It's a $7 billion industry. It's one of the greediest that I have ever seen in any capacity. It's about the least inclusive industry I had ever seen. And I wanted to do the following. I wanted to create tools which focused on things that are right about people, as well as areas that they can focus on to improve their lives. I wanted our tools to be accessible to everybody, to remove the gatekeepers that existed in, in place and let these tools be affordable to anybody who wants access to them. And three, I wanted to an affiliate model to where people who helped us help other people could be rewarded for that financially. Nobody had ever done any of those three things, certainly not in concert. And so I created Mars Industries and put together a really smart team of behavioral scientists uh, who are much smarter than me uh, to help me build all of these things. And so it took some time to bring this to creation. But now this is really the primary focus of, of my life. And, and certainly I still have my charity and I still do my podcast and I still speak and do the media appearances and all the other fun stuff that I know you get to do, Mark, as well. But it's really the fact that now I've created these digital tools that can impact people all over the world and are so, so exciting. So that was really the how I ended up ditching my job and and you know, I felt good about it. And I think if you're listening to this and you're thinking about ditching your job, when you find something that you're excited about that you recognize can be an area where you can really impact change, know this, that whatever you do, most likely there's going to be somebody else who's ready to jump into the spot that you're about to leave. And that was one of the things I struggled with as a psychologist was like, well, I went to school for all these years to get this degree and do this. And then I went to a conference where I saw like 50 people about to graduate from their own doctoral programs that were eager and excited. So um, if there's something that really fires you and it's not what you're doing, think about finding a way to make that your primary job because number one, you will, you'll feel more fulfilled and, and then the, the ability to have that control over your life in terms of time freedom is the most amazing thing if you've not experienced it. Now on Ditch the Job, we've talked about, you know, how do we, you know, ditch our jobs based on the name of the show. But it's interesting how Dr. Richard takes us to the next level where he's pretty much saying, I didn't just get out of my job because I didn't mind my job. I liked the work that I did, but I wanted to get out of my job so I could do something bigger, something where I had the impact. And listening to Dr. Richard, there is a really strong focus on the impact piece rather than just, oh, I got to get out of my job and make money. 
Now there are, and obviously you do have to make money when you get out of your job because you know, you still got stuff to pay more mortgage, rent, whatever it is that uh, you got to pay. But I'm wondering how can we take like a purpose driven path that makes the money we need to make and uh, yeah, so I'm wondering how we combine the purpose-driven and the money. There's so many different philosophies on this. I, you have people who will tell you, burn the ships, burn the ships, right? And, and I have never subscribed to that. I, I've always felt like when you have this aha moment and you decide you want to leave your job, um, some of us have listened to this will have spouses and children and so you know you have these responsibilities and what i what i would say is the first thing is to really figure out what fires you and know what what your values are and what things get you excited so for me like i i knew like i had this kind of meta goal of helping people become the best versions of themselves, even if it's of no direct benefit to me. That was kind of like the thing that I, I would wear, like if I wore a little rubber bracelet that had a message on it, that's what my message would be. And so from there, it became, okay, so now I have this mission. I was very, very clear on my values. And so how do I start leveraging the relationships that I have in order to then begin this process of making this other thing happen? And I still maintained my day job for a while. It wasn't like I had this declaration mark that I was going to make these great tools and then just do it. Like I would, and I'm out the door. Like I, I had a very strategic exit strategy in mind. And I, I encourage you to, to think about that as well. You know, to say to yourself, where do you want to be? What's the time frame you want to be there? And what will it take? not only in terms of effort, but certainly in terms of capital and, and cash flow to do that. So, I mean, if you're sitting on 20 investment properties that are bringing you in recurring revenue, you don't care so much. But if you're like most everybody else, you know, you're, you're building this from scratch, whatever it is. And so, you know, it's, but if you don't know what those numbers are, you really can't set those goals. You just, it, because everything else becomes nebulous. So know your time frame know the numbers you need to make it work and then start working backwards month by month, you know, week by week. And what are the things that I need to do in reverse order, you know, to, to do it? Because if you do that, if your end goal is, okay, I want to be out of my job in a year and I need X number of dollars, then you can start breaking down these minute, more manageable goals that you can revisit on a daily and weekly basis to see if you're on track to get there. And I love how you mentioned that it's not like you got you uh, burned all the boats. You still had your job for a bit while you were doing all the other stuff on the side. And one of the obviously, like my closest thing I'm going to get to ditching a job is just graduating college. And like that's like I'm not going to get I'm not going for any kind of job or anything like that just because of the setup I've had. But one of the things I've read in a lot of books is they'll tell you you know save enough money where like you could pay expenses for six months and then ditch your job. Um, but to me, it sounds like you were doing the side stuff first and then building that up. And then you felt more comfortable ditching the job. So uh, I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that philosophy of, you know, wait, uh, have six months of expenses covered and then ditch the job because that is uh, a number that I've heard a lot in books and other places. I mean, that's certainly a safe number. 
the, what, what I would say to that is if you asked yourself this question, what if you had lost your job tomorrow, right? What would be the bare minimum that you needed to survive? And so I'm not talking about, you know, your Netflix subscription or, you know, or the, the trip or to the Bahamas or things like that. I'm talking about bare minimum. And, and you know, this was an interesting concept uh, brought up by uh, Vince Puglisi, who was on my show uh, a number of times. And uh, excuse me, he was on my show once, I'm going to say a number of months ago. And, and Vince talked about, so if, you, if you're trying to start a business, think about what's that bare minimum number? Because most people's monthly expense number is actually a lot less than their bare minimum number. And if your bare minimum number is less, then maybe you have three or four months of that. Um, I, and I think it's different for every person, right? Because I don't think there's any hard and fast rules per se about this formula. It's basically you're starting a business. And so whatever you're starting is going to be different. You know, so if, if you're starting a restaurant, that's a whole lot different than if you're starting a coaching business, right? Like, you know, in terms of overhead and a physical presence and all of these things. So I don't think that there's an exact formula for it other than to say, you know, that the more lean and mean you can make yourself from an expense standpoint, the easier and more rapid you'll be able to make that transition when the time is right. And, and for some people, some people also figure out, hey, you know, like I, I do like my job, but maybe I'll just dial it down a bit and work less, but still do it while I'm doing the other thing too, even when the other thing is to a point where you could transition out. So, you know, I, I, I don't... I, I don't believe that everybody listening to this is in this state where they're angry and ready to just go crazy because they hate what they're doing. Now, a lot of, a lot of people are, but not everybody. So again, like it's, if you're in a job that you like, that's different because if you, then if you're in a job that you despise, because when you're doing something that makes you miserable, when you're working with people that make you miserable, that spills out into other areas of your life, psychologically, physiologically or there's there's impact from that that can actually impede your ability to get your other thing off the ground because you're spending so much time and energy focused on the draining aspects of doing something that you just dislike tremendously and again if it's, if it's work that you could tolerate or if it's work that you really like then you kind of have the luxury as I did you know I was really lucky like as hard as the work was I knew that the work was helping children I knew that I was making an impact for families and I felt good about that every day that I was working with patients so you know for me it, 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 I didn't really feel the need like oh my god like if I have to do this one more day I'm gonna go mm. crazy but but a lot feel that way yeah, and that is a really great point uh, because there are some differences in how people feel about their jobs. Some people, they want to get out tomorrow because they hate it. You liked it. So, uh, you know, you could stay a little longer until you felt really good about the uh, side stuff you were doing. Uh, what was some of the, uh, like, what was some of the key moments that you decided, okay, I can safely make this transition? Like, what were some of the moments that led to that? There were a number of them. I, I think that as I started getting the assessments that I created, and the first one that I created was a human empowerment tool, called, which stands for the Predictor of World Class Excellence Rating Scales. And this helps somebody look at 21 dimensions empirically associated with success in life. And so we created it. 
And then uh, we started floating it out there, even in the, in the early stages when it was just con- conceptual and we had mock-ups uh, of what, what it would look like. When I started showing this to people uh, and people who were really, really, really successful and known for success and kind of the target demos that we were going after looked at it like, oh, wow, this is amazing. Yeah, go, how, do, how do we get involved in this? Uh, people that had been using you know, competitive products like you know, the Strengths Finders Index for years as resellers were saying, man, we want to start using your tools. How do we get involved in that? That's when I started seeing, okay, like you know, this was a concept and now people are looking at it and people are really liking it and believing in it. That's when I started getting the confidence like, okay, this is actually happening and now I can build a transition plan. So you were very passionate about this work and then you saw validation from outside people and that's where you realized, wow, this could be something really big. And I know your assessments, that's something you do to this day. Uh, for people who want to get an assessment, like where, where's the place we can go for that? So thank you for asking that. So it's really easy. All you have to go is hit your browser up in your phone or your computer and go to seekyourpowers.com. Pretty easy to remember. Seekyourpowers.com. And then that will let you jump into the powers assessment, the one that I mentioned a few moments ago, and take a look at where you stand on these 21 dimensions associated with success. And you'll get a link and you'll take it. It takes about 15, 20 minutes to take the thing top. And then you'll get back um, and access to our portal where you can view your results in any time from any device. We're, we're super proud of it. It's making a big difference in the lives of people because what it does is it gives you a roadmap to success. And, and that's so important if you're planning to start a new career. You know, one of the things that's really cool about it is you know we don't just look at the typical factors that a lot of these assessments look at. There was a study done by Forbes a number of years ago where they looked at the overall quality of life, and this was this was a qualitative study where they were asking these questions. But they were asking these questions about success in terms of family life and health and all these different areas that you would think people in the C-suite position would be on top of, right? Like in our society we kind of put people in the C-suite for these Fortune 100 companies on a pedestal as the most successful. You would assume they're the most insightful on top of all their strengths and weaknesses. No, in fact, what, what, this, what they found was that a large number of these people had failed marriages. A large number of these people were in terrible physical health. A large number of them regretted that their kids were off to college and they had no relationship with their family. So just knowing your strengths isn't enough, but knowing where you stand in terms of work-life balance and social and emotional health and uh, nonverbal intelligence and emotional intelligence and all these other things that we're tapping give you a holistic picture of where you stand. And once you know that, then you can focus in on target and target some of those areas where you can improve. And we have some really cool partners we're working with in that regard. But you know, if you're starting a business you really need to know all these different dimensions of yourself so that you can really best not only maximize your capacity to succeed, but really understand what are these things that could be focus areas for you. Because you don't want to, if you're listening to this and you have a family, want to have success as an entrepreneur at the expense of success as a spouse or success as a parent. So really important to, to understand that balance. Mm. 
Seekyourpowers.com, that will be in the show notes. I think it's a really good assessment. I mean, I've known Richard, uh, Dr. Richard for a few years, and I mean, uh, his show, The Daily Helping, thedailyhelping.com, also a really great resource. And uh, I think the key thing here is just to realize that Dr. Richard is an example of someone who uh, you want to get out of your job, whether you love it or hate it. In this case, he loved his job, but you know, uh, he was able to pursue a very purpose-driven path where he's able to impact people. So uh, one of the things you could think about is how can you, you know, get out of your job, but also do it in a way that really impacts people the way Dr. Richard's been able to do with his business. So I just wanted to highlight that and uh, really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show and share all the great insights you've shared with us. Absolutely, Mark. An honor to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Ditch the Job. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, I'd greatly appreciate if you could leave a quick review. We are a relatively new show and all those reviews are really going to add up. And if you want to talk with me about how you can boost your revenue, schedule a free strategy call with me, see how we can work together. The link is markberrycom slash strategy for anyone who's interested. We will be throwing it in the show notes. But once again, thank you so much for listening to this episode. It is listeners like you who allow me to create new podcasts and do all these different projects that I love doing. So what I want you to do is to dream big, achieve greatness, and unlock your potential today.